Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Welcome to another episode of the Best Life Podcast. I'm Jill Coleman. This is Danny J. And we're pumped because we're doing something, actually, we've been talking about doing an episode for uh, like this for a while now. Um, and for whatever reason, it just has not made its way to the top of the list. But we're getting more and more emails and messages and requests from you guys about dating and what it's like to date in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s and beyond and also after marriage, after <laughs> long-term relationship and after infidelity. Well, and in your 20s. So we actually got, I'm going to read this email. We got it from Michaela. She didn't say to be anonymous, but I'm not going to say her last name, but Michaela, thank you so much. So she wrote, hello, Danny and Jill. I love listening to your podcast. It's like everything I've ever thought in my brain you bring to life. One thing I've always wondered while listening was your relationship, what your relationship slash dating life has been like since both divorces. I had a high school sweetheart I was off and on with over a few years, and I truly thought he was my soulmate. We had such a strong connection that's difficult to begin to explain. We've not been together for over two years now, and while I've tried dating and seeing other people, I can't seem to find another connection like the one I had. It's not even that I want that connection. I want something better, something that sets my soul on fire and makes complete sense. My worst fear is that since it's already happened to me that I may never get it again, considering I've never found anything remotely close to that feeling since. What do you think about love and relationships? I've not given up hope and I'm 22, so I know I have a long time. I've just been taking time to work on and grow m- myself. I'm trusting the process. Aww. Oh, I, I love, love it. it. <laughs> and I was going to say, I would, that's a lot of insight to have at 22. I certainly didn't have that. Yeah, I absolutely. Didn't even, I wasn't even asking those questions. Well, you know what? I love that she wrote in and said all these things because I can say, like, if, if there were, we were in a room, I'd say for a raise of hands, how many people have felt like they've had a connection and then worried that they may never feel it again or even have anything, right? Like the best job or a best friend and feel like you'll never have it again. And I really believe that as we get older, we tend to see that those things aren't true. So it's really interesting. I had that experience when I was in my 20s too. Like I'll never find someone again. I'm going to die alone. Oh my gosh. I know. I had my first boyfriend. It was the one I had my daughter with. And I so thought... Well, one, I thought we were supposed to get married because we had a baby together. And I thought nobody else is going to ever know what that experience is like. And yeah, I went for a long time thinking, what if I never find that yeah. again? And, it's, and it is, it makes sense because you, a lot of times our first love is so powerful. Yeah. I don't know about you, but like, I remember my, my college boyfriend, we were together for three years and it was just like, you didn't really know how to be in a relationship, right? It's like the very first time. So it is this constant emotional roller coaster. (laughs) You are either, I always say like, you're either fighting or fucking like that was like, it was this constant, like, I love you. I hate you. Like you just don't know. And so I think that there's something to having more experiences to narrow down kind of what you how you want to be in a relationship yourself and then also kind of what you want for a partner. Yeah. I think one of the things she said that is really, I don't want to say adorable. I mean, it's adorable, but also I think it's actually really true. She said, I don't necessarily want that connection. I want something better. And I was going to say when, when she said, I don't know if I'll ever find this again. I think when I look back at my relationships over time, I never found the same thing, but I always actually found something better. And so, yeah, that brings us into what it's like now. So I think like Michaela and to anybody who can relate to this right after the divorce. And if you guys listen to the first episodes, you know that my connection with my husband was so strong and we were such good friends that I truly felt that I would never find that again. And also just because of the betrayal and the way that it happened, him, you know, going for another woman, I looked at myself going, am I too old? Am I overweight? Am I ugly? Am I unattractive? Am I any of those things? And so I was honestly scared. Not only would I not find it again, but like nobody would like me in the on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of silly looking back now, but I started dating and I know Jill's experience is a little different. Um, I started dating almost immediately. And I'll tell you one of the reasons I did was for validation for myself. 
And the second was almost like a fuck you to him. I kind of wanted to sleep with somebody because I was like, well, he did it. So even if we get back together, I need to sleep with at least one person. So it's like, so like, yeah, like to even the score, even if he never found out, I just felt like I needed to find at least one person to fuck because I was like, fuck you, you got away with it. So even if we get back together, it's one to one. It was your freebie, right? And now, yeah. It was justified. Like you did it. I'm going to do it. And you can see how it feels for you. Totally. Totally. So yeah, but let's go into yours first because I know you didn't really date right yeah, away. No, so I didn't. Um, it was really interesting for me. I was really disoriented with the dating, with dating in general, because for me, it even and I know you and I've talked about this quite a bit. When I was so, maybe people have not listened to the first couple episodes. Danny and I both came together to to create the best life podcast because we wanted to talk about some, some kind of taboo subjects, one of which being infidelity. Both of us went through that in our marriages. Both of us were married for about 10 years uh, to our best friends. And then we went through that betrayal. And as a result of that ended up a series of things ended up leaving and both ending up here in California and kind of just forming a real strong sisterhood and and connection. Um, And that's why we wanted to kind of bring this stuff out in the open and talk about it. So long story short, when I kind of decided to leave the marriage, I was heartbroken as I know that you were too. And I was not even the type of person who looked at other men, even in a, like even appreciative way when I was married. And I know for you is similar. Mm -hmm. And that's why it was so disorienting. The betrayal was so disorienting because it's like, how could you even consider sleeping with someone else when I barely noticed men walking across a restaurant? And so for me, that was really disorienting. So I'm like, I'm going like, how can I even be open to other people romantically when like, that's my and by the way, you know, and I, Danny's the same way. Both of us were kind of like serial monogamists. Yeah. So like neither one of us really had a sowing your wild oats phase. I know that I didn't. I went from like three-year relationship right mm-hmm. into three-year relationship right into a marriage. So I did not have a lot of experience. Yep. And so I was kind of terrified. I was like, I literally don't know how to be fun on a date. I remember my first couple dates out in LA, uh, I used a dating app and met a couple guys and I was so fucking serious. I was because I just came out of like two or three years of like so much talking and so serious. Everything's so heavy all the time. These long emotional conversations, the crying, whatever. I did not know how to be a fun date. I remember just like one guy was like, dude, I think you need to like get fucked actually. (laughs) And now we're friends or whatever. But at the time I was like, ah, what do you mean? But literally it was, I did not know how to date. I didn't know how to But was that just because he wanted to be the one to fuck you? Probably. It did not happen. I was like, how dare you? I mean, but looking back, it wasn't, and it was, it was kind of rude, but now it was fine. But it was said yeah. in a way that was like, yeah, I do need to lighten up a little mm-hmm, bit, but mm-hmm. I didn't know how to be light after the so many years of super heavy. Yeah. I remember going out and just being like, I don't know how to flirt even. I don't know how to flirt. I don't know how to be light. I don't need to be fun. And like, that's what you kind of need to yeah. be open yep. and keep things light. And I think I was thinking that I was going to find my next husband you and I have talked to a lot of yeah. divorced friends yeah. and I think it's really easy to go because that's the only paradigm you know. Yep. So you just go, I got to find my next husband. Yeah. You know, I got to find my next partner. Right. My long-term partner. And so I went in with that attitude. It did not work. Uh, I went on a couple of dates. But other than that, I was like really just like single and alone for the first year. Yeah. So that was where things were a little different because mm-hmm. you were single and alone the first year. I started basically getting on an app like mm, within two weeks. As soon as I, basically as soon as I kicked him out of the house. I figured I'm at least going to get mine and get back at him. (laughs) And even though I still wanted to make it work, even though I still wanted to save the marriage, I was like, well, if he's not fine, screw you. I'm going to go do my own thing at least as long as I can. So I didn't necessarily start looking for my next husband, even though it was in the back of my mind, because I was hoping I would still get back with my husband. And it was, yeah, it was just more of like a screw you. And I needed just the validation. I needed somebody to tell me I was pretty or sexy or I don't know. I needed like lots of affirmation and to feel good. And I remember my very first date, I was shaking. I met this guy at a restaurant and literally like my hands were shaking and he goes, why are you shaking? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I just was so nervous. I didn't know what to do. I felt so stupid. And then coming back to even, and we're going to, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to go all in about yeah. the sex stuff. So the first guy I did sleep with, it was very, so this is the first person I slept with in like 12 years, right? So I've been with my husband for 12 years, like total before we were, you know, married about 10 and two years before. 
And I happened to, I had to fly to Dallas to get my car. We had left my car there and it was kind of in this like Airbnb car rental kind of situation. So flew to Dallas, was going to drive two day, two days to get back to Utah. And um, I was on the app. I just got on Bumble. I don't even know how I heard about it. I think our friends, Zalata, said something about it. And I didn't know that it if tracked where you were location wise. So I was swiping in the airport and then I got to Dallas and I got the car and it started pouring rain so hard that I couldn't drive. I actually had to pull over. So I'm sitting there on Bumble and this guy messaged me and he was like, Hey, let's meet in a couple hours. And I was going, I remember hearing stories about Tinder and like hookups. And I was like, I don't know like this world. And pretty much that's kind of what happened. I ended up messaging the dude and I I said, Hey, I'm here. And we were both cautious. So he's like, let's meet somewhere in public. And uh, we met in public and saw that neither one of us were freaks or weirdos. So I went home with him. And I mean, it was literally with the intention of just hooking up. It was so bizarre. I've been in a monogamous marriage. So I was like, just playing along like I knew what I was doing, which I did not. And we slept together. And then what's funny is right after he goes, so do you have a boyfriend or a husband? And I was like, funny you would ask me after you slept with me. And I was like, no. And I kind of told him what happened. And I go, what about you? And he said that he had been divorced. And the reason why is because he had an affair. Mm. And that was like this moment of holy shit, kind of like this karmic weird thing. And it was actually really interesting because we had a conversation that he pretty much told me that I should try to get back with my husband. He really encouraged it for a long time. We kind of stayed in touch on like text off and on. And it was just interesting. But I would say what I was concerned about was like the awkwardness of was it going to be awkward the first time? And it actually wasn't. And I was like, I had a good time. And I think maybe just because mentally I was in a space of I just didn't care so much. And also I almost didn't care about myself that much. I I was like so destroyed that I'm like, I don't even care what happens to me. Like if I get hit on the way home in a car accident, I like I was just crying the whole time. But it was really interesting that sleeping with somebody new after all those years wasn't uh wasn't weird yeah I I totally get that I think in terms of like dating apps so I know this is probably gonna be a question of like do you do dating apps do you not do dating apps and I think both of us have been on and off them at times I had a really negative opinion of apps because and Jade has been my ex-husband Jade he has been very vocal about this he's talked about this quite a bit even when we were still married he was on dating apps and he was calling it research (laughs) so Danny's trying not to spit out her wine right now right I mean and we've talked about this and this is not to like you know to to give Jade he talked about this so he got really into learning about relationships his experience with his ex-lover you know kind of fucked him up and he ended up going through a breakup with her kind of and like a heartbreak there which is kind of awkward because we were married but he was interested in, from a psychological perspective, you know, what makes people get on these apps? What are they looking for in men? And just kind of as he, he's kind of like a brainiac and wants to go all in that stuff. Mm-hmm. I had, of course, my feelings about it. Yeah. Being like, okay, it's under research. Like, I'm going to go on these dates. But he wasn't being open with it about it to me until after we split. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, yeah, I was on. So I don't know if he met people. I don't know if he had any romantic connections with people on those. I don't know if he was doing that, but he was on Ashley Madison, mm-hmm. which is, everyone knows, it's a you know a dating app for people who are married. married. Mm-hmm. And he's been open about that. Um, and so I had a, like a really negative viewpoint of apps. I was like, they're dirty. You know, like Rightly people are so. desperate are on there. Yep. Like, and even after I'd moved out to LA, a couple months later, he came out for about a month. And at that point, we were still like, you know, he was kind of like, well, let's just kind of see. And we were kind of starting to see each other again. We were spending almost every day together. We were sleeping together for a little bit. And this is, by the way, after I left the marriage. And then at the end of that, we spent Thanksgiving together. And then we drove to Las Vegas. And so we were going to be in Vegas. And he was going to be at a conference there. And I was just coming to like hang out for a couple of days. And then he was going to leave. And he was going to drive back to North Carolina. And I was going to go back to L.A. And we were there not even four hours and something came up about the dating apps and it came out that he was literally talking to people on Bumble in Vegas to meet up with them after I was leaving. 
I remember that. Remember? Yeah. I was infuriated. <laughs> yeah, you were so upset. And so at that point, I like literally, I was in Vegas for four hours. I stormed out, grabbed my car and drove back to Los Angeles that night. It took me seven hours. I was like crying while I'm driving home. And that was kind of like the last straw for me in terms mm-hmm. of the relationship. It was like, okay, like nothing's changed. Again, like if yep. I needed a sign, this is another sign. Yep. Then nothing has changed. He's not ready. And, and, and at that point, I was like, I'm done. And so if I needed that like last kind of like you mentioned, like karmic, whatever, that was it. And so dating apps for me felt just kind of dirty and yeah. like, you know, desperate people are on there because that's why I associated with Jade's behavior. Yep. And so it really wasn't until about a year later that I started maybe like using them a little bit more like a normal person. Well, that that's the question is what's a normal person using for it? This is, this is what I found is I would go on these dates and everybody had a different reason for dating. So I would have the conversation of, so why are you using the app? Some people were looking for their next, their wife. They were looking for their baby mama. Some people were looking for a hookup. Some people were like me, was just looking to pass the time. Honestly, I wasn't looking for a relationship. I wasn't even necessarily looking for a hookup. I just wanted to see Los Angeles because I was in a new place, have a distraction to not think about my life, have validation that somebody thinks I'm attractive or funny or something and just have some conversation. So for me, dating was almost just a massive distraction. It wasn't even for a goal. And I remember going on one date where I felt bad. I felt like I should have almost left before our drinks came, like our we sat down, our waiter took our drink order, he disappears. And then the guy basically told me he's looking for a wife and a mother of his children. And I was like, check, please. <laughs> I'm like, that's not going to be me. Because he was probably at the place where he's like, seriously using it for, yes. like, I'm going to find my partner. This yes. Which a lot of people are. And, and a lot of people are. And it's so, that's what's tricky with the apps is there's, an, there should almost be a, and there are. It's one to 10 house series. Yeah. There are some apps that say like, what are you looking for? Hookup or a long-term relationship or this and that. And and they should have distraction on there. But for Bumble, which was what I used the most, there's not. So you don't know. You're actually going on these apps. And I, I read a girl um, who's in her space. She's recently single single and a mom. And she made this long post about how for men to not waste single mom's time. She's like, I don't have time. I have to buy a, get a babysitter. I have to do all of this, this, that, and the other. So don't waste my time. And I thought, wow, that's interesting because i I mean, if you look at what I was doing, I could have been technically wasting people's time, but I don't feel like I was wasting people's time and people wanted to go out and everybody has different reasons. So I think that when you're dating, um, you do need to, one, I think it's, honestly, I think it was healthy for me I, to I do that. Say, I think it's a good practice. To yeah. Be honest, like even just getting reps. Totally. Like, being like, and I remember just feeling so disoriented. Like, yeah. This is a personality that like I've never had to interact with before. And I was so used to, as you were, I'm sure, used to Jade's responses. If I said something, mm-hmm. I knew if it would elicit a laugh mm-hmm. or elicit a, like somebody pissed off. And I remember like getting some responses that I was like, I don't, this feels disorienting. Like, I don't know how to like vibe with this personality. Yep. Yeah. And so like matching up with that, I think is just in and of itself a good practice. <laughs> totally. It's, it's, I think great for business for a lot of things. <laughs> you've I mean, met a lot of kind of like business contacts. Totally. Well, you've got too. your, your Facebook ads guy, Andy <laughs> met on a day of, maybe I wasn't supposed to say that. Um, I mean, yeah, we've met, made, but also just in business as far as just people skills, like getting to know someone quickly, getting to connect with someone. I think it's, I think it can be really fun, but to like Michaela's point of, will I find someone First off, yes, you will. Probably someone far better than you ever imagined. But I know I felt the same. And I know that I will. But she just said she's been apart with this guy for two years. And it's been two years for me now, like fully separated from Nate. And I will say it's taken about this long for me to stop comparing everyone to him. I would say about a year, a year and a half. And I, I wasn't doing that as much. I realized this recently. I went on a date last week. And I just thought about it this morning when I was thinking about doing this podcast. I was like going, oh, I didn't compare that guy to Nate. I used to compare everyone to him, how they looked. I'm like, oh, they're not as handsome as him. Oh, they're not as this and that as him. Or I've come to a place where I really enjoyed and like being on my own. I've been traveling a lot lately. So now I'm I'm in a place where I'm going, do I even have room in my re- in my life to have a relationship I, this guy that I just met he was he was like okay where are you going next I go well I'm leaving on Saturday and then I go pack this day and then I'm going to Nashville and then I'm going to Phoenix and he goes do you have any room for me in your life and I was like actually I'm not really sure about that and and then I've had a few guys say well if if it was a priority you would make it and I was like yeah I guess Probably it's would. it's either not a priority or you're just not the one 
I think, <laughs> and I can speak to that too, is, you know, I, so like after that very first year of like not really dating, I started dating a lot. Like I was, I was like, you know what, actually I'm into this. And you and I, that was like, we were going out like almost every single night. We were going out with like a different guy. And like, I mean, I wasn't sleeping with everyone, but I was certainly dating, like going on multiple dates with three or four people at a time and just going like, okay, let me see about this. Let me see about that. And at that point, it was much more of a distraction and kind Mm -hmm. of just like experience. I was like, you know what? I just want to get like reps. I know it sounds kind of strange, but like I just want to get reps and see what I like because I don't know what I like and I don't want to compare everyone to Jade. And so I think you have to go through that phase but you're not seriously looking for someone at that point. Yeah. Like that's just kind of like that, that, you know, like you don't really know what you want. You're kind of just feeling things out. And then I think for me, it took me about two and a half years to finally be like, okay, I might be ready for a relationship now. Like a boyfriend. Yeah. Not like a yeah. husband. Yeah. You know, but I might be ready to have like a boyfriend and like make a little bit of space. Wait, do you have a boyfriend now? I do. <laughs> I don't know when this is going to air. a boyfriend. It's going to air like in a week. You're still going to have a boyfriend in a week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But you know what? It's really interesting, you know, dating someone now. And I I was dating someone last year for a couple of months that was not super serious, but it was exclusive. And then, um, you know, the person I'm dating now, we've been together for, I don't know, maybe six months or so. And it's, it's exclusive. And, but I, my attitude now is so different than it would have been before. I think before it would have been like, well, what does this mean? And and this is something we need to talk about because especially when, you know, I know you and I said we came out of our marriages, we were 35, 36, and we're going, gee, it would be nice to be 25 yeah. instead of 35, <laughs> right? Like you have to have more time. And mm-hmm. was the marriage a mistake? Yeah. yeah. Because now like we're just older, we don't have much time, et cetera. It's just a story we tell ourselves. Yeah. But even with this new relationship, I'm going, okay, so what are we going to do? We're going to spend a couple of years together. And then like, I'm 40 when I start dating or I'm like, you know what I mean? And like, cool. And it's just a story. Yeah. And so what I've been doing in this relationship is just enjoying it and just like not trying to project what it needs to look like. And he's actually five years younger than me, which I also didn't think I would be interested in. And so at this point, it's just more about like, I want to stay present and I'm not trying to like project like, is this my next husband? Is this like, what's happening? For me, it's just pure enjoyment in the moment and I'm just enjoying it. It's been cool to see, honestly, um, to, to watch Jill go through this because it hasn't been easy for for <laughs> you. And it's also been terrifying. I think for both of us, it's been terrifying um, because at the beginning, I think we do think, okay, I need to find my next husband. I need to be married again because, That's all you know. oh my God, I'm 35. What I don't want to be kind 40, right? Like there's some of these like number, it's right. kind of like the scale. I used to be like, well, if I hit 135 pounds then I'm you know, it's like, it's like we picked this arbitrary number. Totally. So, and it's funny cause I was at a wedding recently and my friend's grandmother's 84 and she just got married. So obviously that. we're not too old for yeah, anything. We're not saying that like there's 40 or 40, like yeah. it's not, none of it's too old. It's just a story. It, yeah. It's like, a, I think we have to check ourselves with. Totally. It's a story, which is why this letter is so cute. Michaela at 22. I'm like, uh, it's almost like laughable, but also it's not it's because valid. it's real when it's you're valid. 22. I know when I was that age, I felt like. That's around when I broke up with my baby daddy and I felt so scared. And also I had the story of I had a child. So nobody my age is going to want me. I ended up dating a guy that was 20 years older than me. So he was 38. I was 18 (laughs) when I met him. And um, yeah, that was weird. But anyway, let's go off that topic. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I think that you go into it a different way. So I think, and Jill and I have talked about this a little bit of, if we were 37 and never married, I think maybe our expectations of dating would be different than we're 37 already divorced because I think there's not as much of a, well, there's not as much expectation, but I think that's because we've given ourselves a good like buffer time. And I actually think it's important for divorced women and men to take one to two years off, so to speak, because I've seen this happened over and over where they get married like almost immediately within within a year of the divorce. And years later, it's like I was kind of just trying to fill like kind I of fill that void. Like that too. And I, I don't say Who, that like, it, they end up marrying their rebound. Yes. And they're like, I just wish that I didn't. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. And it's not to say that it can't work. And right. There's going to be some that do, but some that do. But you do have a really um, amazing period of growth time and learning time when you let yourself have that. So I love that she said, I'm spending the time working on myself, learning myself, because that is the best thing you could do. Because the more you grow, you're going to attract completely different people. And today, 
the people that I look at, like I wouldn't even consider being in a relationship with someone with the same values as Nate now. There's just a lot of things that have shifted and changed for me. And while physically, yeah, so far he's still been the most attractive person. There's things that just are a no for me. So I couldn't even go back to that relationship unless he made massive changes in his own personal growth. So that's super, super important to me. And on the sex side, and I have to, it's crazy because my daughter is editing this and I know sometimes my mom listens. So I just have to pretend that none of that's happening while I'm having this conversation. Um, But on the sex side, it's interesting because I was always like Jill, a monogamous relationship, relationship, relationship. I never had a one night stand. I've never had just like a date and a hookup. That was not in my life. And so it was like I needed to have some kind of connection to have sex, but there's freaking needs that need to be met. There are needs. And you know, it's funny because I remember when I was in my 20s, you know, women who were older or just constantly saying like when you're 30s, you'll be so much more like into, you're just here, like that's the narrative, yep, right? Like yep. as you get older, you, you know, are just more like, like sexually liberated or whatever. And it's like kind of true. I know. And I'm, I'm going, way like, more sexual like now I than in my 20s. I like libido of like a 15 year old, <laughs> you know? And it's, because here's the thing, I think at least it's for us is, has been different is I kind of have like my social support on lockdown yep. from like my friends and my family. And I've cultivated that. I had to, right? Like we, we talked about this in the aftermath of the, of the divorce. You have to diversify and figure out how you're going to fill in the gaps that your spouse used to fill. And so for me going into a new relationship, I don't know that I'm so much looking for a ton of emotional support. Like, yes, I do want that, of course. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly not looking for a business partner, yep. which my ex was. Like, we did a lot of business growth together. We we talked about business all the time, and I know you did too. Yep. I don't, like, actually want that now, necessarily. Yeah. At least that's the place that I'm in right now. I want a lot of fun, and I want really amazing sex. Yeah. And, like, at that point, like, and do, and maybe that's an iteration. Mm-hmm. I think maybe if it, if I'm going to marry someone again in the future, I don't know if I want to get married again, but if I decide to, I probably need other stuff too. Like, yep. but at this point in a very like first iteration out of the kind of sleeping around phase, which yep. of course I went through as well, like out of that phase yep. into like the first iteration of like first boyfriend. Cool. Like I want fun times, activities, travel and amazing sex. Yeah. And sex is way more important than I thought. Um, I guess I was lucky with Nate and the boyfriends that I had before that it was good, but because I've dated people and had sex with people different a lot more this time around, there was issues. I'm going, wow, this, I couldn't live with this. I couldn't spend 12 years doing this with you. (laughs) I mean, first of all, like, I don't know, like one night stands are rarely good. Yeah, that's true. I'm not saying I had a lot of one night stands. What are you trying to say? No, (laughs) I think actually one night stands are so different now because of social media. Yeah. And like, so like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how it is in other towns, but in Los Angeles, it's very much like, especially around dating apps, you are kind of going out with different people. And sometimes you'll go on one or two dates. And then by the third date, you're like, either we sleep together or it's over. Like those are kind of like the only options. It's just like, why would I keep, you know, actually, ironically, the person I'm seeing now, we actually ended up like talking and hanging out as friends and going on like date, kind of like dates, (laughs) like friendly dates. For like four months. For a long time. Joe was like, I don't know if he likes me. I can't figure this out. purely platonic, right? Yeah. And I was like, uh, but I keep saying yes, and this is weird, and like <laughs> nothing's happening. So I kind of liked the slow play in retrospect, even though it was super confusing. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, at our age, I don't think sex has to have as much emotional attachment as maybe it did in my 20s. It, like in my tw- it was just like, I only want to sleep with someone I could see being the father yep, of my children. agree. You know, and now it's just kind of like, you know what? Like, I just want to experience like a good time. Like, I just yeah. want to like maybe just like get off or I just, yeah. and I think that's okay too. And I'm certainly not, I'm like definitely not an expert in sex. I'm definitely not an expert in dating, but I, I think it's valid and I want to just normalize that for people. Yeah. So I think, again, a lot of these conversations are happening behind closed doors. Like literally people will corner Danny and I at a party and like spill their guts to us about this kind of stuff. And yet- they won't talk about it publicly and they don't have to. That's what we're for. But I just want to tell you based on the experiences and the conversations that we've been having that a lot of people feel this way and no one is really talking about it. And so I want to kind of like normalize that. Is it, you know, having one night stands or having someone who maybe is just like a fuck buddy? 
like that can maybe be okay too. I remember yep. there was this dude at the gym who <laughs> was a bodybuilder, like a legit huge bodybuilder, like a huge massive. And I remember just telling Danny, like, I kind of want to just like do it for the novelty yep. just to like see what it's like to be with someone that big. Also, he was 26. But anyway, so I think, you know, I don't know that. And, and again, we're not like advocating like, you know, just. Wait, you weren't going to tell the rest of that story? She just gave me the look of death. <laughs> and it did okay. not end up happening. It did yeah. not end up happening for, they did not. for other reasons. But I think it's okay to sleep with someone that you don't feel like fully emotionally connected to. Because you just go, you know what? This pro- I'm not going to marry this person. I, you know, don't like necessarily, it doesn't need to be that. And I think it's okay to say that. I think as women, sometimes we feel like we can't just have sex for fun. And, you know, it's in my experience, my one night stands have not been like mind blowing. I always have better, uh, better sex with people that I do have an emotional connection with and that I have a relationship with or some sort of like kind of continuous Mm -hmm. relationship with. But I also think that it's okay to just get off, do it for fun. It is. And it's hard. Like I struggled with a lot because of my religious upbringing. And I think a lot of people have that kind of like shame. I mean, my upbringing was you don't have sex before marriage and then you're with the one person your whole life. So even me well, having a child at 15 out of wedlock. So I know. Well, there was a lot of guilt of, with that. <laughs> and it was, that's why I also felt like I had to marry him. Cause I was like, well, we had you sex. To justify like, it. Yeah. So all of that. And, and just because I didn't quite follow it, follow that didn't mean that it's still not in the back of my head for the longest time. Definitely. I think this for me being divorced and having um, this experience has helped me work through a lot of that stuff and get rid of the guilt and shame. And also just even in my body, being more comfortable in my body where it's, it's almost freeing to just have a stranger who's never going to see you again. You don't have as many hangups about your body that like things I used to have in my twenties. I was like, keep the lights off. I don't want you to see me naked, like silly things because I'm like, my body was amazing. My body was amazing. And I I was so like, you know, wrapped up in it. But now I'm like, it's like the Amy Schumer. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know if you guys have heard. Like, whatever. We can get into a conversation about, like, catcalling and stuff and, and, and those kind of things. But she just says, Amy Schumer, stand up. She's like, in your 20s, you get so offended by a lot of that stuff. And this is just a metaphor. But, like, in your 30s and beyond, maybe you're just like, you kind of just like, like, keep the lights on. Let's take a look at my body. <laughs> yeah. Like, see how sexy I am. Like, I agree with you. I definitely am owning my physique a lot more. Yeah. And I don't get really hung up as much on that kind of stuff, too. So I actually did a survey on Facebook, anonymous survey, because I am one, I wanted to work on a program for people who divorce something called like the divorce course or something. It's not coming out yet, but, and also just curious about what kind of coping mechanisms people had. What do people wish that they knew now that they didn't know then? And one of the things that people use for coping, one of the top two things were alcohol and sex. Mm -hmm. And actually doing the survey helped me so much because it made me go, oh, shit, it wasn't just me. Because I kind of felt shame about drinking more and having sex with people. And I realized that it's a really common coping mechanism. Um, And I think it was helpful. Um, You know, I was able to get close to people and didn't need to sleep with them by all means. Um, but I think that it was helpful to me in a lot of ways, learning my own body, um, learning just to how to connect with people, how to not get emotionally attached. Like we don't have to attach a relationship to sex. I was going out with somebody recently who actually wouldn't sleep with me. And I was like, you know, and one of the reasons was that I said I'm more open to being in a relationship now. And he goes, well, you're, you know, you want to be in a relationship. And I was like, look, just because we sleep together doesn't mean we're going to be in a relationship. And I think there can be, sometimes we as women can think that's the case. And also I think women can be hurt that way. So expectations, like drawing expectations in the sand and, and seeing what you really need and want need to be clear. Otherwise you can get hurt. But yeah, I've been at this place, I think since June and watching Jill and her like new relationship with her boyfriend's been been cool to see and it's also been bringing up my own issues and watching her stress about different <laughs> small things but I when we were in Cabo it, one of the the last times I went to Cabo we went with my ex and a couple some friends of ours that were couples and Jill took her girls out on this cool like catamaran boat and we had this amazing day and it was like I was just so grateful and the water so blue and everything was amazing and I remember just thinking man the last time I was here I was sharing it with somebody and I was starting to think 
really would like to share experiences with someone again. And that was my first like actual thought of maybe I'm open to the idea of like actually letting someone in. And I do believe I can find like love again. I don't think I'm quite ready yet, but it's like, it's slowly just the footstep. Like I'm tipping my toe in the water of like, okay, now I'm okay with the idea of it. And maybe like in three or four months, I'll be okay with actually dating for that reason or something. But it's become more like I have noticed in my dating now, I've been more um, discerning if I see something off the bat that I already know, I'm just, it's a no, I'm not even going to bother. Where before I was like, I'll date anybody who's wants to go out with me. So like, you know, for Michaela too, I think when you're like ready, ready, mm-hmm. you think that's what you want, then you can switch gears. And I think you put out a different energy when you're, when you're like ready. And I, I know you did. did. Yeah. Like totally. it was around December. You were yeah. saying, I think I'm open. We went to Mexico and Joel was like, she was like scared. She's like, I think I want a relationship this year. And then a couple months later here you are. And it was, I mean, like who knows what's going to happen, but it is, um, I do think it's an energetic thing. So like for me, I had a couple of, like, so one of the things that Danny and I kind of like laugh about and in the year or two after we were divorced was we called it, we had a queue. So like we kind (laughs) of had like a queue of guys that were just kind of like hanging around. Like they were either dudes we met on apps that were still kind of like pinging us or maybe people we met in person who like we had a little thing with. And so you, you would just get these, you know, kind of random dudes. And I think I was available for like, so people probably know this phrase. If you don't, here's your education. This is a fuck boy. So it's basically, I mean, and and of course there's exceptions to this. It's not like a general rule, but there are some dudes that like, they just can't, they're not on the level, right? They're just like communication is like, just not great. They're always uh, deflecting and like, they're just, they're always on like, they're only texting you when they want one Yeah. They're like, what are you doing at one in the morning? Right. And so I think I was more available for that. Yeah my barrier to entry was lower. Right. <laughs> and so one thing that I consciously did was I cut off those people. Yeah. Like consciously, like they'd hit me up, like, what are you doing? And I like literally just would, I would show that it was a red text, but yep. I wouldn't respond back. Yeah. Or I would, you know, someone to reach out on DM and I wouldn't respond back. And like, that's really hard for me. Cause like, I am kind of like, don't want people to think I'm a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and I know like for as many boundaries as I think both of us have, I was always someone who just felt bad leaving someone hanging. Mm-hmm. But I was like from an energy perspective I can't be available anymore yep. for this level of interaction I need to be available for someone who I, I don't want to say like I deserve better but like yeah. who's like more on the level who's more willing to communicate and uh the person I'm dating now I met through a friend actually not even on an app but I I think I was more like available energetically for that in the meantime I wasn't really looking I was like just doubling down on my business I was doing my thing you and I were traveling and so to Michaela's point do your thing. You have Mm -hmm. to do your thing because that's really attractive, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think one of the things is if you want to attract someone who, um, you know, is independent and is more like evolved in that way, then you need to be someone who's doing those things too. And I wouldn't say that it's a distraction mechanism. It's literally just like I'm living my life and I never felt a empty space. Mm -hmm. And I think that's interesting that you said that is like, I never felt like, um, something was missing. Yeah. I, I got it to a point where I felt full. Yeah. Alone. Yeah. My relationships were full. My friendships were full. My personal, like my business relationships were full. I didn't feel emptiness. And I know that's yeah. a little bit different. And maybe yeah. you're listening and you're going, I actively like do really miss yeah. having someone to go to events to and mm-hmm. have someone to go to dinner with. And it does feel empty. And I want to validate that too. Yeah. But if you're feeling that way, what do you need to do to start feeling more in your power? Yeah. Because when you show up as a full human of your own accord, of your own volition, that is going to be the most attractive thing yeah. to someone. And then when you meet someone and they come in, it's just adding to me. It's just like, it's a bonus. Like, it's like, I have this like great person that I get to like have amazing sex with and have great conversation with, yep. but I don't need them. Yep. I'm not bringing a desperate energy to that. I'm like, this is abundance. This is grateful. And that's why I say in this e- e- example that I can be present and I can be grateful instead of having to project 10 steps down the road of like, what's this going to look like? And am I wasting my best years? And I'm going to yeah. wake up at 50 and be alone. Like whatever it is, mm-hmm. whatever story we can tell ourselves instead, just being in the moment, appreciating it. So, you know, what's been the hardest part for both of us. I know I'm going to speak for you right now and myself though. It's not been the sex. It's been feelings. Catching those feelings. <laughs> it's been actually being vulnerable with somebody. And there, when I kind of made that realization in June, 
I started thinking back and there was one guy in particular that I had seen off and on over the years or over the last year, not over the years, um, over the last year who I was like, you know, I always have such a great time with him. Um, I really enjoy his company. And I, if any, if there was anybody that I wanted to maybe pursue a relationship, it would be this guy. And I was like, I really would like to tell him and I don't know what's going to happen. And to be honest, he lives in another state and we didn't talk very much in the interim, but I met up with him and I said, listen, I am like looking for a relationship now. And this is at the point to like Jill's point of cutting off all the fuck boys. I made a, I made a very um, conscious effort to delete and cut off all of these boys that like kept texting me and hitting up my phone. So I cut off everybody except this one who I didn't consider a fuck boy. I was actually a, a dear person to me. And I said, Hey, I actually, I was, I'm actually really embarrassed to even say this. Like this was the hardest conversation, but uh, just due to like the podcast and everything we talk about, I need to practice having hard conversations. Mm -hmm. So I asked him out to drinks and I like pounded a few drinks before I could even say it to get up to the nerves to say like, I think I have feelings for you. And I think I want to try a relationship. And I don't know what that looks like. It could be a disaster because we've never had like a real relationship. And I'm just going to leave it at that. And I don't even know if you're like, if you have a girlfriend right now or anything, I really didn't know. And he was like, thank you for your honesty. And I appreciate that. And I respect you. And I'm going to have to think about it. And then he never really got back to me on that. So I take that as like, obviously, it's not going to be, um, it's not a relationship with him. But I was proud of myself mm. for taking that step. That was really the first scary step for me in even considering uh, something that looks more like a relationship or opening up my heart. And it's been way scarier for me to think about opening up and having a connection with somebody than opening my legs. <laughs> totally. Well, it's weird because you do, you feel there's moments where you are testing the waters like with somebody you're going like, Hey, okay, cool. I'm going to like stick my neck out a little bit and we're going to see if they can reciprocate if they go there with you. And that's what's the scariest part about it is like, cool, is this all in my head? Are you feeling any of this too? And mm -hmm. like, you don't want to be the one to say the thing first. And so, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's a practice and vulnerability. It really is. And just like hoping the person can like meet you there. And if they can't, then I don't know what you do with that. Yeah. I think it's kind of like the, it's the end of it, the road, I think, you know, if you want something that's a little bit more deeper and you want something that's more exclusive, it's, if it's just like, you know, you want to hang around, have, you know, have fun together, sleep together. I don't think you need that. But if you're like, cool, I might want to like have feelings for you, then you have to start slowly putting it out there and see if they can reciprocate. It's scary, huh? It's... Jill, Jill and I have talked to each other off the ledge quite a few times with the feelings. <laughs> With the feelings. And I think it's so valid. And also, you know, there's been this question I've had over the last couple of dates because I've been dating a lot differently. Um, I've been dating people with a different mindset the last little bit. And I've had this question of what are you looking for? And I'm still pretty vague. And so I think I'm not going to get what I'm looking for until I know. I haven't been super clear. I think I, I have an idea, but I know my travel is crazy coming up. So I'm still like, eh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Um, I may be giving myself till January. I don't know if that's stupid. It's arbitrary again. But um, I think that if you're like, I'm not sure what I'm looking for, then you're going to get other people who aren't sure. And even when it came to this guy, I was still a little like wishy-washy. And so I get somebody who's wishy-washy and I totally get that. And I think you do attract what you're putting out. And so that's also why I'm kind of okay. It was almost like a relief. Like I told him that and I was, but I was also like, okay, good. I don't actually know how this would even work because I'm still traveling and, yeah. but, um, but it's a good practice, but it was a good practice. And I still do want, I, I still don't want the casualness that we had. So I'm like, we're either going to I never, think that's a hard part. Cause you and I talked about that quite a bit of yeah. going, okay. Cause that's the vulnerability of having any honest conversation, not just with a romantic prospect or romantic partner, having any honest conversation you're drawing a line in the sand. Yeah. So if you're dating someone kind of casually and you start like having stronger feelings for them, you can keep being in limbo yep. and keep going on in that direction and keep having like this low level of access that you have. And yep. by the way, like this happened to me too with another relationship. So I get it. Or you can be like, hey, so this actually isn't enough for me yep. and I want more. This is what that looks like for me. But when you do that, you risk losing the little bit of access you yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it also gets you to move on yep. if it's not if it's a dead end. Yeah. And so I, I've talked to a lot of women, now you have two, who are like, well, I don't want to have the conversation because what if I just lose even the little bit right. that I have? Yeah, you're, it's that breadcrumb diet too. You're like it's hanging on just diet. in case. But I had to let, I, t- I actually said like at this point now where I am, I either want all of you or none of you. And that mm-hmm. kind of scared me because I enjoyed having the like bit. off and on chats with him. And so we haven't talked in quite a few weeks and actually jokingly but not jokingly the last time I texted him I was like hey I have to block you now bye and I was like actually seriously I I do though (laughs) I think it's okay to cut people off it's interesting I saw this um meme the other day on Instagram that said you have you can't fall you shouldn't fall in love with someone's potential you should Mm -hmm. fall in love with their reality I think a lot of us get stuck in that of like this could be amazing but the reality is it's it's not. It's like the things that are happening, because that's the thing you and I both can tell you, like things don't get better. Yeah. In fact, maybe they get harder, they get worse. There's more tests, there's more challenges. Yeah. And so it doesn't mean it needs to be like fireworks from the beginning. I think at this age, I would prefer something that like grows slowly over time. Mm-hmm. But every other relationship I've been in has been like fireworks from the get-go. Yeah. And so when you don't have that. Yep. You know, you're like, is this love or is this caring or is this like, okay? Because it's not like from the get go, it wasn't fireworks. Yeah. And, like, does it grow over time? And in my experience, it does. Well, but that's been new. It's, it's funny too, like to Michaela's question of like, I don't know if I'll ever find this again. I don't know if you ever do find that again. You find something different. different. You find something just as powerful, yeah. but it's probably not going to look like your first love. Yeah. It's probably not going to look like your 10 year marriage or 20 year marriage. Yep. It's going to look because your priorities are different. You've changed. Yeah. And so, and the feelings fade too. Like I will say, I honestly can't remember how I felt with my high school boyfriend. Now I remember thinking, I never want to not feel that again. I want to feel something, but now I'm not looking today for my high school. I think it's love. healthier to like yeah. have something that's like an adult love. Yeah, it's different, but it's not different bad. It's just different. And also, I can't even remember. And even falling in love with my husband, I don't think I could find that again, but not because I can't find it again, but because it just would look so different because I'm a different person. Totally. So it's just going to be a, it's a completely different me. And it's, I feel like I'm so much deeper and that I just couldn't find something that's, I, I don't want to say it was shallow because I don't feel like it was shallow at the time, but looking back, it's more shallow than the person I am now. Yeah. So I want to kind of switch this conversation to maybe looking forward you know, how do you view relationships now? Like, I think you and I were both on that very like cultural script of, you know, you graduate from college, you get the job, you have the 401k, you find the one, right? You find the one. Yep. And honestly, I felt like Jade was the one. Yep. I was like, I literally felt like I hit the jackpot. And mm-hmm. I think you felt the same way with Nate. Yep. Yep. And so I think you kind of go, I need to find that one perfect person for me. And when I do now, now I'm, I'm in, right? Like I have that. And that's why betrayal, by the way, feels so damaging Mm -hmm. because you thought you found the one and you found out that you were one of many. Yeah. (laughs) So it is. So like now though, moving forward, you know, do you see yourself getting married again or how do you see relationships? Is monogamy natural? Do you see, do you like the idea of serial monogamy? Do you like the idea of, you know, I don't know, open relationships? Do you see, like, what are your considerations now? I'm still a monog- monogamist. Is yep. that a word? I I couldn't. I you know it's interesting because living in L.A. Living in L.A., we've got all these friends who are like polyamorous and they're into ser- like all that stuff, and it's fine, but it's not for me. I'm way too. I'm way too jealous. I'll become a freaking <laughs> psycho. Um, no, I'm too jealous. And I also, when I'm with somebody, like you said at the beginning of this. When I'm with someone, I stopped looking. So when I was with Nate, I didn't even like, there could be the hottest guy, like thunder from down under dudes walking by. And I would just be like, oh, cool. I just didn't even think about it. So I'm really with my person. Um, I don't know that answer. It changes on a daily basis. I love the idea of love and marriage. I like the, I used to be the girl who was like, I'll never get married. And I don't need a piece of paper to prove anything. However, when I was married, it did change something for me. If it felt different. I can't explain it. It was maybe just the commitment, even just saying this is my husband versus my boyfriend. It felt different. So I'd like to say that I would get married again, but then there's days where I'm like, hell no, I will just be with you until we're not. And because things don't last and then I'll go to the next because things don't last. And so I don't know. And I know. think that's okay, actually. Like I yeah. actually think it's okay to say, you know, like one of the things that I've been thinking about is like every single person that I date, 
I'm going to eventually break up with. Not because I'm like a pessimist about marriage. It's just like the reality, I would be okay with that, I think. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I'm going to hold myself back. Doesn't mean I'm not going to go all in. Right. But like I'm okay with like going all in and having like the full experience and like giving myself over and then like actually being open to, not desiring by yeah, the way. Yeah, Never expecting by the way. Yeah. But like if it doesn't last, like that's not, I, I'm okay with that I think. I Well, because your dad's been married three times. Yeah. So, and he's such a great guy and like, you know, there's nothing I could ever say wrong about J. Cole, shout out. But so I'm like, okay. And this was kind of one of those things that Jill kind of helped me with going through. It's like, look, he's had this wife and a great marriage and had me and then the next wife and had these boys. And now he's got on his third wife. And then I started saying like, kind of as a joke, I'm just looking for my next (laughs) ex-husband. And I was like, maybe I'll just go on 10 year runs. You know, I have 10 years for the first, 10 years for the next, 10 years for the next. And who knows, that might be how it is. I might find the next, I might be single for seven years and then find this, the person I'm with till I die. I might get married again. And then I don't know, they could freaking die or we divorce. There's so many things. I mean, one of my good friends um, who lives in Nashville, she was married, divorced, married again, and her second husband just passed away last year. And so literally we just don't know. So we could, there are so many things that could change that I'm not attached. Like you said, I'm not attached to the idea anymore. I do like the idea of getting married again. I don't like the idea of getting divorced twice. However, I know that it's possible because again, it's still like, I'm glad you calling me out on this. I don't, I just, you know, it's still that like you're divorced twice. It's so stupid. Like there was somebody, a post the other day, right? Steph, good job. It's just the stigma. It is just the stigma and it doesn't mean anything about me. I just, I'm like, if I do it again, it just feels exhausting, right? Like (sighs) that's the thing. It's like, oh, I got to start over again. But I think I'd be going into it different again, meaning I could also get out of it. Like, even if we divorced again, I feel like it'd be more of a, okay, this is what we're doing. But I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. The one thing I will say that this has taught me is I don't know shit. (laughs) (laughs) I think maybe subconsciously, that's why we didn't do this episode sooner. Because like, I mean, honestly, I'm totally open. So by the way, you guys, before we got on this, Danny goes, I do not want you to make this clinical. There's not going to be three takeaways. And I go, uh, like no takeaways. Honestly, I don't even know what takeaways I would give because <laughs> I'm just trying to figure it out. You're trying to figure it out. And so like maybe we should get an actual relationship expert on at some point to interview. I, this is my thing is I want to know who is the relationship expert. So if you are like a serial well, dater, goal, right? are you a like relationship expert? Married or? Yeah. Are you if you've been married for 60 years, does that make you a relationship expert? Almost, it's like, no, you've only been in one relationship. But if, like, if you dated 600 people, does that make your relationship expert? Well, no, you've never been with one person for more than a few years. So I'm like, what actually con- constitutes an expert at relationships? And to that point, too, I think you could be really, really good at dating and be a bad like relationship person. And on the opposite, you could be really good at relationships and be bad at dating. And I think for you and I, we were like really good at relationships. And I think we've gotten really good at dating too. So now it's just finding a balance of I what do you want? if you're a good relationship person, you're a good, you're aware. Like I think a self-aware person yeah. is going to translate into your relationships because you just have more mastery over communication, Yeah, which I think is, so you can practice this on, I have practiced on my friends, my family. Like I've had serious conversations, uncomfortable conversations with everyone who's important in my life. And I think that that kind of engagement and practice does translate into having a better relationship, whether it's a dating relationship or, a, you know, a marriage or whatever. And so I don't know that every, anyone is a dating relationship. I would say if you want to be good at relationships, be good at personal development. Yeah. Be good at self-awareness. Become the master of your own, like literally become obsessed with uncovering your insecurities. Yeah. Be obsessed with uncovering your blind spots because those things are going to get pushed no matter what the nature of the relationship, if you're close enough to someone, they are going to find your button and they're going to fucking push it. And that's when it's up to us to uncover that stuff and go like, what insecurity is at play here? What is happening <laughs> yeah. right here? It's not even about the person. It's about my response to this and like, how cut? And if you get that close to someone, they're going to find the button. <laughs> I mean, so honestly, like Byron Katie says, the job of our partner is to push our button. Like yep. that's the job. Like the person who's your greatest teacher is the person you live with. So true. I will say that I'm going to like kind of rat out Joel a minute, a few times with her boyfriend. There was nothing like he's been so amazing to her. He has been 
everything that you could ask for. And she was like so stressed out about liking it. She's like, I'm going to break up with him. I'm like, why? She's like, I'm, I can't handle the roller coaster of feelings. And it's so funny because it, she's like blushing, but it's so funny because the, the vulnerability piece can be one of the scariest parts, the opening up, the allowing somebody and the allowing somebody to take care of you when you've been holding it down for yourself the allowing somebody to see a soft side of you when you've been strong and like hard on the outside, all that stuff is so, uh, it's so different and powerful. And yet um, I have to commend her because even though she's like had the breakdowns and said it, she's like, no, I need this. Like, this is so good for me. And like, you just, you have to push into those things even when it's scary. So I don't know. Because then I go like, what's the alternative, right? Like, yeah. You know, I'm just like, no. It's You're like, it's going to be brought up again in the next one. So might right. as well. And remember, that's what I said. I yeah. was like, you know what? Like, and who better, like literally like who better to like practice being vulnerable within someone who's like shown up every time and been like totally. amazing at every turn. Totally. So yeah. We, we all do. need, we all need those people in our lives so to just lucky. push our buttons, hold the mirror in front of us and be like, yo. This is what's happening. <laughs> last question. or maybe I don't know if it's the last question, but I do want to ask you about this. So we've been hearing this term conscious relationship quite a bit in our space. You know, like obviously we're in a space with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of, you know, in Los Angeles, you get people who are just more like, tend to be more spiritual. And like, what do you think about that concept? Is it something that you care about? Like, so maybe just define conscious, re- what you see as a conscious relationship versus, I yeah. don't know, an unconscious one. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll just say, I obviously a lot of my friends are posting about this and I don't think any of them listen to us actually. So it's fine. I kind of make fun of it because I'm like, I roll my eyes because I feel like the people posting about conscious relationships are the ones who are in a six month, like they just met their boyfriends or something. So I'm like, Okay, yeah, you're going to talk about conscious relationships, but wait till you've been married for 10 years and your your spouse cheats, right? So (laughs) you don't sound bitter at all. There's my skepticism, (laughs) right? (laughs) But honestly, it's like basically saying like both people are just having it out, having the conversations. And I think that's super important, actually. If you can do that, if you're if the guy and the girl are both on the same level, like, look, we are going to push each other and we're going to have the conversations or push each other and have the conversations. That's what I like believe in my mind that a conscious relationship is. But I also think that it can be naive, at least coming from the people that I'm seeing it come from um, when it's like you're new and it feels like everything is like, look, I'm laying all my, I'm putting all my cards on the table because we just met. Like I can meet somebody now and go, and I'm totally okay with this now saying I was a pregnant teenager and this is what's happened to me. And like I struggle with depression. I could say all of those things and lay it out on the table and feel like I'm just putting it all out there and feel like I'm being conscious because I'm being fully expressed and true. However, four or five years down the line, when I'm just having a freaking freak out mental day and this person, my in-laws being a B-I-T-C-H and like all this other shit's happening. And like, that's when shit really gets real. So at the beginning, sure, you can be like, I'm putting all my things out and I'm being truthful. But over time, there's just things that come up that I just don't think you can expect or plan for or know how you'll react. And I think it's a little naive to say, I just feel like it's naive. And I don't- we've got all figured out. Yeah. And it's what, in a way, and like, I love love and I know you do too. So for me, I'm always going to be like, that's amazing and have the full experience. I think, and I take a little bit of a different track on this, and maybe this is just because I've had a long-term relationship. Maybe you're the same. Like, I don't want shit to be heavy at the beginning. Yeah. You know, like my brother Dan always says, like, heavy ain't hot. He's always <laughs> yeah. like, serious ain't sexy. And yeah. like, in a way, he's right. Like, yeah. at the beginning, yes, sure. Like, have the serious conversations. If something needs to be brought up, for sure. Like, you know me, I'm the first person to be like, hey, we need to talk about that. But... I think it's okay to not like have like the like long talk like, every single time. Like, cause I don't know. I don't want to fuck serious. Yep. <laughs> I don't want, you know, like I, yep. I'm kind of like we're flirting and we're having fun and it's light and like, yes, we're going to get triggered. And if those things come up, let's have the talk. Yeah. But like, we don't have to preempt anything <sighs> in my mind, especially in the first, like, you know, I don't know, six months to a year. It's like, cool. Let's like, yeah. let's see what's up. Let's appreciate each other. Let's, you know, and maybe that's just naive on our part because we honestly haven't been dating that long. So maybe that's just, I'm still 
kind of coming off of the marriage and not wanting that like super serious, super heavy stuff all the time. Yeah. Because I already had it for such a long time. Yeah. But I think for me, I don't really want a lot of that at the beginning. Yeah. It's hard. Like, I guess in theory, the idea of a conscious relationship I like in social media, it makes me gag. (laughs) I And so maybe that's just my own issue or my own like, okay, that's nice, honey. Just wait until you see what, like, it's me being highly cynical. I I get that. Yep. I totally get that. But, and maybe it's just the, and I guess I just have my own issues with people um, being relationship experts that haven't been in long relationships. What's interesting about that is um, actually Jade's parents have been married for like 20 years, 50 years. And I remember asking Jade's mom, who's my mother-in-law and she's like such a loving warm open woman shout out Joyce and I was like so what's the secret and she just looks at me and goes I don't know (laughs) like literally I don't know and you know they've been together for 50 years and she said that there were so many ups and downs and I don't like and she also wasn't advocating like sticking it out you know what I mean like there wasn't this like you know we we stick it out it's just like literally like she goes Jill we were too fucking busy to get divorced at times. Like we were just like, we just weren't even like, yeah. we were just raising four kids and we were. And so I think that it's okay to just, you know, I mean like, yes, have the conversations and be communicative yep. and be open and be all, be all of those things and uncover your own insecurities are going to make you a better partner. Yeah. But I think the irony is for when you ask people, a lot of times they don't know yep. what it was, you know, they can't like nail it down. And so I think it's, I think everyone deserves to have their own experience. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. So if you're feeling, so if you're seeing some of that stuff on social media and you're feeling bad because maybe you don't have a conscious relationship or you aren't as intentional as maybe some other people are, you're still fucking doing it. Totally. Good job. Yeah. Still fucking doing it. Yeah. I mean, I would have said, so maybe a lot of these people are in newer relationship and I wouldn't say not all of them because some of the people I've seen have been in longer ones, but you know, maybe you've been with your partner for 10 years, 12 years, 13 years. So you didn't consciously get it. Like you met in high school or college and then you've just grown together. There's so many relationships that even like Chris, Chris and Lori Harder, they were just at Thrive Speaking and they were just talking about how they were not the same people that they are today. When they met, they were like partying in college. And now if I was going to describe anyone as a conscious relationship, I'd say maybe theirs. I don't really know as far as the intricacies of their relationship, but but they didn't start that way. And I think it can just be, make us, I don't know, I feel like it can make people in a relationship feel less than when yeah. they see that. Yeah. And I don't like that. I don't like, it's hard enough when you judge yourself on social media, yeah. let alone you're judging your relationships against other people's relationships. Because yeah. even when people type that stuff and they write it out, like, what does it look like? We never know what goes on behind closed doors. And we never know. It's always two people and two people, even in a relationship, even having the conversation can still have very different ideas of what that even means to them. So. No, I love it. And I think like we both said, like we're not relationship experts, we're not dating experts, but, and I probably will never consider no matter what my status, (laughs) I'll never consider myself that. But I do think that if you are looking to improve your relationship or, you know, to Michaela's point, like how do I not give up hope or like, what does that look like? The best thing you can do is work on yourself. And it's all the stuff that we've been talking about in these episodes, which is uncovering your insecurities, having more honest conversations, you know, becoming more communicative, trying to um, uncover your insecurities, like the best thing you can possibly do, because when you come into a relationship, they're going to push your buttons. And if you can kind of see those things more ahead of time and, you know, and of course you're never going to know till you're in that relationship with the you know, cause I think maybe a year ago I could have been like, Oh, I'll get in a relationship. I'm not scared. And it's like, Holy shit. I'm fucking scared. You know? So I think <laughs> yeah. a lot of that stuff doesn't come up until you're in the situation, yep. but fucking just trust yourself. Yeah. Like just trust you. And that's going to really translate into trusting the relationship and being okay with whatever happens, which I do think you need to be like kind of detached from. It needs to look a certain way. It needs to be a certain thing. It needs to turn into marriage. Of course, I think it's easier for us to say because we've had that experience. Mm-hmm. If no, if someone is listening and maybe hasn't been married or feels really like something is empty in their life if they're not married, then I would just examine that. Okay, cool. Where's that desperation coming from? Where is that, um, you know, desire? What's missing in your life? What? Do you, how are you not getting fulfilled on a personal kind of level? And how can you feel 100% like whole and, and good and um, safe and trusting on your own? Because that's the best version of yourself that you can bring to a relationship. And then you get to just feel grateful that you have someone amazing to share it with. 
I love that. And also, um, if any of you guys know some hot, six feet tall, attractive, uh, successful. What else? With a beard. <laughs> men who would be into someone like me, send them my picture and they can hit me up in the DMs. At yeah. DannyJ.com. <laughs> Now open. We're gonna, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking applications um, until December first, and then I will be going. We should have like, okay, you have a boyfriend, but if you didn't, we should have like a bachelor version of the best life, and like have people send us, and then like we go on a date with sixty guys, and then like do a rose ceremony or something. It'd be fun. <laughs> well, I also want to say shout out Dan Dan Danny Coleman, and his chick who we love, Kelsey Walsh have been together for five years and they did long distance for the first few years. Yeah. And Kelsey was a college body hottie on Dan's first website. <laughs> and he didn't even what? know who she was. What? But she was a out. college body hottie? Yeah. So he used to have a, so my brother Dan used to have collegebody.com. Yeah. That was his website. It was like for, you know, it was a health and fitness website for college Yes. Kids. And basically he had this column in there that featured a different like college hottie every month. Oh my and God. Kelsey applied because Brandon, who's my other brother, knew Kelsey. <laughs> and so she was a college body hottie. And then they end up meeting and now they've been together. How did they not know out. Kelsey was a hottie? Oh my God. All right. Seriously, ain't sexy. <laughs> Heavy ain't hot people. All right. If you guys have feedback, uh, if you want us to do a part two, I don't know exactly how useful this one was, but maybe it wasn't about being useful. Maybe it was just about the conversation and sharing. Hey, entertainment value. And also, thank you, Michaela, for writing in. And just any emails we get, if you want us to just talk, if you want us to bullshit on this stuff, if you just are curious about our lives, if you have something specific to your life, please email us at info at thebestlifepodcast.com and we'll throw it down. And if you want to remain anonymous, please let us know. Michaela, sorry if you wanted to be remain anonymous, but we didn't tell your last name. So <sighs> hopefully. Anyway. Awesome. I love it. Thank you guys. I know it's been a little bit long, but we appreciate you. Let us know. Please join our uh, Facebook community at thebestlifepodcast.com. Join our Facebook group. Get in there and tell us what you think of the episode. And let's keep the conversation rolling. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye guys. Bye.